0: This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live.
1: Morning, it's Caroline Keep this morning at 9am. It's the 24th of July and we all should have been on our break. Today I've got Azare Williams talking to me about diversity and inclusion, some incredible work she's doing with the trust. So tune in, give us a listen, come on board send some messages, and let's hear from you.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out, with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, it's Caroline Keep this morning on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, so I've got Azare Williams with me today, we're going to be talking diversity, inclusion, equality, belonging, we've got plenty to be chatting on about. I'm hoping all of you have kind of finally finished school and this is like Sunday morning and you're nicely chilled and you can have a bit of a break. So. If You're catching this on catch up, um, then you know, let us know, give us a tweet out, talk about it. Um, but I'm hoping that we can just get Azare in, so let's just see whether we've got Azare on the call. Are you there? Hello, hiya, are you there, Azare? I'm
2: here,
1: yeah, morning. yeah, welcome, nice to have you this morning. So, um I've got, uh, we've got loads and loads and loads of things to talk about today. We had a we had a bit of a brief chat yesterday, didn't we about these, the kind of things that you've been doing with your trust. And it was it was just absolutely fantastic. So um, I, I looked recently, you've done stuff with um, experienced uh, assistant head, you've got a, a, a key stage one key stage two lead, you've got a curriculum lead, you've been a mentor, you're a part of a multi Academy trust, and you're the diversity inclusion Equality and Belonging lead, or the DEIB lead, um, and you're part of BAME Ed in the East Midlands. You're one of the co-leads there, and I read a, a lovely article that you'd done for the Nottingham Post recently about wanting children to feel seen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it was an incredible um uh, piece of uh, of writing that you'd done. You were talking about how you really didn't see yourself in the curriculum.
2: Yeah. I didn't.
1: Um, Uh, Tell us a bit more about that.
2: Yeah, so just growing up, I just didn't feel seen in the curriculum. So um, I enjoyed school, really liked school, um, but more for the social side. And I knew education was important because my mum and dad always said education is important. So I got that from my family. So studying was never really something that I didn't do or didn't enjoy. But the thing that I... I didn't feel related to me, I didn't feel connected to it, I didn't feel any aspect of understanding who I was and how I connected to history, how I connected to anything we were learning, I didn't see any figures that we studied that looked like me or really looked like anybody that was, wasn't was white, mm. um, the people that we studied, the curriculum that we studied was not, not diverse at all, um, so yeah, that was something that with me, really, as I went through my journey of, you know, teaching and training, and it wasn't really anything that I thought about until later in life when I, you know, looked back at my study and I thought, actually, no, I didn't connect with anything or see anybody
1: that looked like me. Yeah, I think sometimes we underestimate how important that actually is. You know what I mean? I don't. You know, we say it. You know, you need to have. You know, you need to be seen, and you need to have role models that look like you yeah. or are important like you, but you know i think it, i think it's so important to be able to feel that sense of belonging that comes from seeing somebody like you um, you know we've had, we had a chat you know we, you know i've been diagnosed with adhd and autism and you know i've yeah. always felt very much the odd ball in the crowd because nobody was oh. like me and you know i think if we've not got those kind of diverse examples and there's still very yeah. problematic examples in neurodiversity you know, as is. Um, you know, it's either that, you know, you're a genius, you know, or, you know, you're absolutely non functioning. There's nothing, there's no kind of like middle ground. Yeah. I think it's, just... that's it. You know, um, I think you don't, you know, you just don't feel that that's part you belong there. You know, that outsider feeling can be incredibly strong if you don't see those yeah. examples. There's the
2: outside feeling and there's the other feeling that you just feel like you're the other. Mm. One to the norm. I really dislike the word normal. Um, I've disliked it really all my life, and it's only until doing this work that I've realised why I don't like the word normal. Normal Mm. is like a social construct. What's normal to you is normal to somebody else, it's different to somebody else. Mm. You talk to me about your journey going through different cultures and how that's normal to that person, but it's not normal to somebody else. So I don't have the word normal, it's just what you feel is, is right for you. And everybody's centred differently and have different experiences, different understandings, different thoughts about the world, through their culture, through their experiences, through where they live. And I think it's just all that acceptance and that beautiful pot of differences that just makes the world so wonderful. And I just think exposing our children to that makes it just a wonderful environment and so accepting and so loving and makes everyone feel that they can belong to one another and connect with one another but also learn from one another. I just think it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to expose children in education and the
1: staff too as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk, I think the better, uh, and as I said, we we'd had to chat about this, about, you know, that exposure to that kind of culture and capital of the that that gives you and what sense of belonging you can get from seeing a range of cultures and realizing that that sense of normal um is really a construct um, and that there really is no normal um you know how how do you find you know making that real sense of diversity in your school um so you you talk we talked briefly about um, some of the work you've been doing across your trust, and it's just incredible. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit more about what, 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 why did you set out as a trust to make you know diversity and, and inclusion and belonging top of your agenda? Um, well, it, it
2: started really on a crazy journey um, uh, after Joyce Ford's murder. Um, I, it really rattled with me, it really resonated with me, as it did with so many people. Um, there was just something about that moment that just really stuck with me and struck a chord, and it, it really affected me. And um, we were obviously in the middle of lockdown, and there were so many things that could have overtaken that if we weren't in the midst of lockdown, but it was so prevalent and so relevant at that moment in time. and. I went back to school and we were working and I just couldn't get it out of my mind. So I wrote a letter to our CEO mm. and just said, I think there's just more that we can be doing as a trust, more in our school. And originally I just I just thought that there was something we could start to put out to the children just to support them through this and, you know, get some work going about it. I didn't actually imagine it to go so far and so big. But I think it resonated with um, all the leadership at the top of the trust and the CEO just really said that this is something that as a trust she believes in, she felt passionate about Mm. and we set up a Zoom meeting together and just talked about it and at the time I met with some other people and also I've got a partner CEIB leading the trust as well
3: Mm. and we
2: just started to just look at things as to how we can develop this across our trust and it's just grown from there really. And then this year, I've gone into all our 19 schools mm. and created my own like, diversity order. Mm. So we, we're looking at it through like three lenses. Mm. And each each of our schools, as well as being diverse and trusted, diverse in themselves. And as a trust we feel it's really important that each school has their own identity mm. because they serve a different community. They serve different parents. They have different staff, different children. So we have... Um, a mainly Muslim faith school within um, our trust. We have schools that are a little bit more of a leafier suburb. We have schools that are very, very inner city. We have some schools that are quite white British. We have schools that are very multicultural. But it's really important that the schools don't lose their identity and their connection to their community. So we didn't want to go into there and just suddenly say, this is what, what every school needs to be doing. This is what every school has to do, because that's not right it is about that equity approach what does your school need in regards to what you're already doing in regards to your community in regards to your children mm. so i thought it was really important that the schools really make the community that they're already serving feel like they belong
3: mm. well,
2: who are the people in your community? who are the cultures in your community and then we're looking at it through the other lens of what communities and what global vision and understanding of are you not giving so that there are other things that you can connect with and look at and we've looked at things through policies, through curriculum through creating safe spaces, through discussions I've, I've held CPD sessions across the whole trust and um, then individually to schools uh, we're also going to be having a whole trust inset next year around it um and yeah it's just something now that's at the heart of what our trust is doing it's also part of our trust vision um and schools all have to come together and discuss what they're doing like i said individually but also with that whole trust vision and aspect embedded within that as well so it's been on quite a journey and it's still ongoing you know there isn't that stop sign where we're saying okay we're trying to get to here or we're trying to get to there it is just that evolving approach and seeing what is going on in the world around what are the contexts of our children what are we doing to make sure children belong what are we doing to make sure staff belong what are we doing to make sure that children are understanding each other are respecting one another are understanding all the different diverse mixes that there is out there respecting it and working well together that's been it's, Our it's such well. a it's
1: such an incredible journey and and to be honest what what gets me there is just the sheer passion that you've got for really making people feel like they belong to your school um yeah. you know and, and your schools across the trust and i i wondered when i uh, you know when i heard you then and when we spoke you know how do you really you know make that sense of belonging in a school Because we said, you know, it's enough to put things out that say, oh, we have diversity and we have, you know, inclusion and, you know, we celebrate this, you know, once a year, a few times a year, or we mention it casually, but it's to to foster a sense of belonging for communities is quite something else. You know, how, what advice would you have for schools in fostering a real sense of belonging for the communities, for, for diversity across their schools?
2: Yeah, first of all it's about that listening, listening to different voices, making people feel like they have a voice and they're included in decisions and in things that happen around in school. Mm. So one of the things that you can start to look at is is your curriculum. Is your curriculum diverse? Is it representing, like I said, your community mm. and a range of other voices that may feel like they're misrepresented or underheard or underserved Um, and it isn't at first the first thing that schools may do is follow um, key days Mm. um, and do events on those key days and I always think it's good to start somewhere Mm. it's good to put something out there and it's good to feel as though you are embracing it but to me that's that's the, the starting point that's where a school is starting to think about what they're doing and how they can start to embrace diversity and how they can start to bring that. But the next thing is to really, really think about how is that embedded in your everyday lessons, in your everyday culture, in your everyday discussions? Mm-hmm. Your assemblies that happen so much. Are you giving people that opportunity to discuss? What are your displays displaying? When someone walks through your school, do they feel as though the community is with them? That a range of people are with them, even if your school is not diverse in the children or the staff. Somebody who is from a diverse background could, should be able to come in and feel as though they are welcome and they are belong. What is in your in the central part when someone really just walked in through those front doors? What is that environment like? Environment is very important because when someone walks in, that's the first thing. It's your first impression. So what is on the walls, what is around it when people walk in, when the children are coming in on those, uh, what they're learning in their curriculum, is it just a linear line of being told the same thing or are they learning about different people from all sorts of walks of life? And I don't just mean historically as well, because we've got to think, I work in primary. So for some of our children in like key stage one, history for them is last week. (laughs) So if they're learning about somebody from years and years and years ago, it is important. But there is great stuff happening with people right now. Mm. Somebody that looks like them can empower children so much if they are learning about somebody that looks like them doing something great now. So I think it's important for staff to take that time to look around and really think about what great things are happening in the world now? Is there somebody from a diverse background that's doing something amazing that we can bring into our curriculum? Mm. If there's a young um, child in your school that you know has a diverse um, disability or anything like that, mm. that you can think actually there's somebody around right now that is really re- relevant and they would resonate with that person so much. Just be really, really fluid. I think that's the other thing as well. Don't be stuck in forever. Thought that we've finished, we've done, that's it. It's ever growing, ever moving. New children will come into the school, other children will leave, new staff will come. Just be really open, and pupil and staff voice is so important. Talk to the staff, talk to the community, bring the community in. Mm. Some of our schools have community groups, and that's something we're developing across the trust. So the community. Community feel part of those decision making and um, also involve your governors as well. It needs to be something that the whole school is at the heart of and really understand. If there is just one person in the school driving it, it's not going to work. Yeah, the
3: yeah one yeah. person
2: driving it will have the passion, they will have the ideas, they will have this, but it needs to be a heart and soul of the school, of the trust of everybody understanding it from the office staff through to the governor, through to the dinner ladies, through to the parents, it just needs to have that whole school community approach. Otherwise, like you said, it becomes a little add-on and stick-on um, every few days, and then say, like, okay, let's get back to normal. But when you see that it's at the heart and the pulse of what everyone's doing, what everyone's trying to do, what, all the messages that go out of there, if you're putting it in policy, you've got to live it. Don't just stick it on your policy, on your website, that we are diverse. And then when you look at the website and you go into the school, you don't get that feeling. It isn't something that you can say, it looks like this. Mm. I do feel that it's a feeling and something that's at the heart of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to say.
1: Yeah, I think um, having it you know, right at the forefront is, is just yeah. so important, having at the heart of the, the agenda of diversity there. and and just making sure that you've got that right up front and that you you are bringing those voices to the table you know having space and having room for for young people and for your communities to input and be able to to make themselves heard quite often it's done separately to the community that's actually you know that the the, the serving you know so instead of it being you know we have a you know one day for this and that's it we'll just put on a bit of a celebration that's a great place to start you're right but then inviting the communities in and and inviting young people to the table to have discussions about what could work for them it's just is a a really really solid advice so you had um so I want to I want to sidetrack us a little. So I'd seen your, your Nottingham Post article, and you, if you want to come and see it, it's it's really really good on on why Azrae wanted this to be really there and wanted children to feel seen. Um, you got invited to the BBC recently to talk about it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so it all started because I was
2: um nominated for a diversity award. Mm. Um, so um, some of the local media got um wind of it and wanted to talk about it and come into so they actually came into my school and did some filming with me in school um and they filmed some of the children they filmed our books they filmed um the environments around and they spoke to our children and it was so you know when you when you do this work like i said there isn't anything that you can put a stamp on and say we've got there if you if you go if you're doing english you can look through books and you can really understand that the children may have learned the English. If you're doing math, you can look through math books and, and things like that and know that it's really there. But mm. it's not, there's not anything that I would say you walk around because anybody can stick up a poster in their displays and have those things, like I said, in their policies. Mm. But are you listening day to day? Are you doing it day to day? Is it in the heart of what you're trying to do? So when the BBC came in and filmed our children and the things that they said about why they thought diversity was important, um, we've obviously been doing our oracy assemblies around lots of different diverse topics and getting like discussions and those open safe spaces for children to discuss and feel as though there things that they can learn from different cultures, but also a way that they can express their own culture and bring that into the school as well. Mm. So here the children actually, when they were asked those questions, be able to share their thoughts on it. I just thought that's where you know that you're making a difference. Mm. That's the new thing it's actually really embedded with the children and what they feel is important and why they feel it's important. And if they can articulate to somebody else that's just coming in and asking them questions, the things that we do in school, the things that we do in the trust, the things that we're doing day to day, every day, rather than just these ad hoc days that are thrown into the curriculum, which like I said at the beginning is great, um, I think that's when I stepped back and was just really proud of the journey that we've gone on as a trust, as mm. the school, and independently, how that's impacting on those children, how they see themselves, how they see the world, how they see different from other people. Mm. So mm. I thought that was just a really nice moment just to capture and just really understand how that is living day to day for our children. Mm. Um, so there they filmed that, they looked at the books. There. One of the key things is books, Books are so important, and I I don't—I mean—in the aspect of curriculum. So Mm. we've we've looked at what books um, the curriculum is actually exposing the children to. High quality texts as well. Mm. There was a lot of books out there, but also we want them to be high quality texts. We can Mm. also get the information out of it also that it's serving its purpose within the curriculum. Mm-hmm. But then there are just those everyday books on the shelf that children just want to go and read for pleasure.
3: Mm. Is
2: there an array of those around the school? Um, do, they, do the children actually know where they are? Do they go and pick them up? Do they read them? Mm. And, and the staff reading those kind of books to our children just in our oracy reads and things like that and the children they're just explaining the books and which were their favorite books and what we've looked at and what they've got from it and and how they've learned something from it so mm. things like that was just it was an amazing experience an amazing day mm. but like I said that day originally it was done for me yeah. but the work I've done is for me, it, it was all done and rooted in the heart that I just feel that this is very important for the children and the children that we serve, because my educational route, so to speak, school is done, and now on the other side, mm. so now it's about what can we do for the children that are still going through that system, that are still going through their educational journey, mm. and how they see themselves, and it's where they learn to navigate themselves, learn who they are, and learn their uh, progress in life. So mm. if we can get from them, I think it's
1: something that they'll carry with them through long life learning. So that yeah. was just a really really nice experience. I I'll, I'll I'll put out a tweet to it. It's a it's a really um it, it's a really great watch if you can if you can see it. But um honestly, you you were speaking about books there, like oh, it's just it's quite hard actually, isn't it, to get diverse ranges of books? You know, you've really yeah, got to go on the coming, hunt for. Them. But it's so, it's but there is definitely more
2: coming and a lot more out there as well and i've got in touch with them there is a twitter person online that is absolutely amazing yeah. they, they they will help you out and um i just i got in touch with them and they've just really
1: helped supply so yeah. many books and well, we'll tweet it out to us on teacher talk radio and then we'll I stick it out there so people can see it but i think that's quite a challenge sometimes trying to find that diverse ranges of texts that high quality texts that are a diverse yeah. range of books that involve you know, um a real um representation because, you know, sometimes I was I was trying to find um books with, you know, ADHD autistic, you know, um lead characters and it's actually really really, really difficult to do. Um, yeah. so you've it's really got to look quite new, hard. A new chapter. Mm. A new chapter on
2: Twitter. Yeah. Um, there's the guy that runs it and he is absolutely amazing. We'll work with you, give him book lists, or just say we've got a range of children that from this diverse community or we've not got this in our school, hmm. you know, Um, the, he's put together LGBTQ bundles and oh, nice. um, primary, secondary and um, businesses and things. So he's absolutely amazing.
1: So you recently became a, a BAME ED leader. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk to me about that? What key focus have you got for this role? And how, how do you see that growing in the future?
2: Um. So. It's at um, a beginning of its journey, to speak. We've just did um, an online um, like development where we have people coming in and speaking and just talking about different things. And I think, really, it's going to grow with the needs of the community. Mm. So, obviously, it's across the East Midlands, yeah. and uh, mainly for the um, teachers and educators and for them to think about what they want to do with their leadership journey, how they feel in the school, sometimes it's nice just to have somebody to talk to yeah. to understand that you're part of the community, because again, it goes back to what we are saying for the children, that sometimes you just can't see it, and being um, a being teacher so to speak for a better um, part of the world, usually global majority um, teacher sometimes you can be the only one in your school, or sometimes you can be the only one in in a trust Sometimes. Mm. And it can feel quite daunting and sometimes a little bit lonely mm. to know that there's nobody else in there that looks like you, nobody else in nobody else that you know that you can talk to about your experiences and somebody that's just there for you. So, really, it's to serve that purpose, mm. to give a community feel to people, also to provide some mentoring to different people, mm. um, to look at resources, we've got a resource on there that people can go to to try and diversify their curriculum. So really, I think it's in its growing process to get out there, to get these different members. And when we did the online um, structure for other people, they did say this is something that we need. So it's getting the word out there, knowing people that we're there, supporting people when they need to. um, and obviously part of the wider sameed networks that put on conferences that help people. that's um just kind of give those
1: ideas and that support to people when they don't feel that they have it yeah um i mean it's so I, I think this is so important actually because we've not you know there's certain areas of the country that is is very very light on you know being representation and leadership you know do you think yeah. we still have i think we still have a leadership diversity problem Um, you know very i think we still really need to see more diverse leaders up top and baymed does really push that to you know we want those leaders to be going for those positions to be to be seen do you feel like there's it it's still a barrier in certain areas or do you, you feel like it's um it's moved on and we've started to see that diversity up at the top level um you know i think i think of me, i think of me um my niece. she used to live up by me in cheshire yeah. and she moved to the midlands actually with a mum and it was just because we didn't see the role models for a young black jamaican that you would do in you know north cheshire you know you, yeah. you you want to have those role models those people up top those leaders that that represent the diversity of the group don't you yeah very much so um i
2: would say it's it's growing but it's growing extremely slow that's mm. what i would say so it, it, it's growing extremely slow and um it is a big thing that we need to look at overall and i think it all starts from the beginning how many teachers are actually being accepted on each training program yeah
1: it's just not That's not enough backwards. not enough from yeah. diverse backgrounds
2: <laughs> how many are dropping out once they qualify, they've qualified hmm. they that we have a big rate of teachers from a global majority background that are not Staying in the profession, to then progress leadership. So Mm. then we've got that to look at. Then within leadership it's about ensuring that they are respected, because I see a lot of schools um, you know, they know that they don't have a diverse um, mix of staff, Mm. so then they want to have a diverse staff coming to their school but it's also about making them, like we talked about, feel included that they can be themselves Mm. in that environment. And that's also another thing that we have to look at, about making sure the staff feel like they belong, that they're included, that they can be their authentic selves at work.
3: And then
2: obviously going through through that, we just need to make sure that there's diversity at the top in all aspects. That's through SLP, it's through CEOs, it's also through governance as well, because you don't have a wide mix of diverse governance. Mm -hmm. And that's across all areas of the spectrum, but very much in particular, and you don't have that mix of black people in that mix at the top and, and it's just really important to be able to have that there to be able to be seen so when I first became a teacher that was at the beginning that was really my thought post mm. I wanted to be a teacher and I I was training with many people that they first words were oh yeah I want to be a head teacher yeah. that wasn't na- out of me at first. I knew I wanted to progress in my career, mm. but I didn't see that stepping stone for headship at first because I didn't know any blackhead teachers. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't again, like you said, if you don't you don't really envision it. So you don't have those asp- aspirations, you don't have those dreams. No. You want to aspire, you have high expectations of yourself, you really want to do well, you want to make sure that you're progressing in your career, but Headship level, you don't see it, so you don't you don't see what can become of it. Mm. So that was something that I had to learn along the way, and I obviously now I've met quite a few different head teachers and different members of mm. Um But like I said, it's a very, very, very slim majority of people that are there in those uh, leadership roles, okay. and it is something. So I've been part of a cohort called Aspiring Heads, mm. um, and because she's a head teacher and she saw that she was quite lonely at the top, and it was though so she got this programme to inspire people to go through that leadership rank. And we have um monthly things, and it's something you do in your own time because they're there on Saturday mornings, yeah. and it's just about having that passion to want to progress yourself mm. and go through that leadership. And so there are things out there now that, that have seen that difference, but people are going off their own backs and saying this isn't right. I want to be able to excel people and bring them along and open up those spaces for people to have that position
1: within school. So yeah, I think it's very important. It's I, think I, I think when I see it, to be honest, what I want really is, yeah. you know, I, I want more people to, to look around their leaderships, their groups, their governors, you know, who they're getting the, you know, the leadership from within schools Yeah, and look at it and go, is this, diverse does this represent yeah. our community does this look like real diversity for us and if they've yeah. not got that then you know you obviously need better seats at the table you know and open yeah. up those seats at the table I
2: mean, as um, long as they're open but they also need to have a voice as well hmm. there's no group there's no good filling the seat just fulfilling the seat purpose it's a yeah. bit like saying we are diverse and putting a label on your website yeah. um but you're not doing anything within school to be diverse if you're going to open up your leadership and your governance to diverse people, then they have an opinion, they have a point, they have things to say from their experiences, from their work of life, their knowledge of what they can bring to the table. Mm. So again, that sense of belonging in any space that you are invited into is really important, that their voices are heard, respected and are listened to and mm. are taken into account, even if sometimes it's not something you've thought of or it's not something you've normally done, but mm. that's the whole of having that diverse mix mm. you've always done it and there's, there's always room for change there's always room for growth there's always room for development so mm. the more that you have a diverse mix of ideas then that can only be a great mixing pot to just put together to really excel your school and the diverse mix that you have for your community
1: Hmm. hmm. I feel like that's that's a key thing that you can do. And you're so right to point out this idea that it's it's not enough just to have the same, you know, you've really got to have a, a real involvement in a proper discussion and, and a proper engagement with the people that you get in. You know, you've really got to yeah. be able to, you know, have those conversations and 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 be able to make some changes. Cause sometimes changes yeah. won't seem obvious to other people. We had a, a chat about this where we were talking about different cultures. Um yeah you know and actually certain things and i was relating to you the, the the complicated story of me think of me the, the viewers trying to explain guy fawkes to a bunch of you know international um, colleagues and they were like yeah. what are you what hold up what are you doing like you it, this makes no sense why are you celebrating this it's like somebody didn't blow up something so you celebrate it and it just seemed bizarre to them but to me, it seemed completely normal because I'd grown up with yeah. it. And sometimes I don't think we really take into account, you know, what, what we need to do is really listen to diverse voices, you know, and yeah. really engage with things, even if for a moment it think you think it's not something that you've accepted or understood or would have a, a personal experience of, um, you know, very, very few people, um, I suspect I've, you know, a very rarely, and I'm not sure I've seen many, seen many autistic leaders, you know, they're, yes. <laughs> they're a bit few and far between. Oh, but also, also you, that's, that's
2: an interesting point that you make, because I've been doing um, some thoughts around this recently, around visual and so to speak, invisible diversity. Mm-hmm. So those ones that, so obviously, as you stated, I'm a black woman, mm-hmm. so if I walk into a room, it's obvious that I'm a black woman, which, mm. you know, that, that's it. But if I had um, a neurodiverse aspect to me, yeah. or I was part of the LGBT community, that is also something that that is almost that, that hidden diverse element from yeah. people. And they said, "What this month? About four times, because they feel as though every time they go into a new space, they have to re-present that coming out aspect of themselves." Okay, do I then now present myself as part of that community? Yeah, it's a it's a weird one.
1: one. I think yeah. I like, um you, you're right, there's like a sense of a hidden community, and then I'm an yeah. first. Like, okay. I'm I'm an autistic ADHD who's bisexual, yeah. so I'm part of the LGBT community. And I have this yeah. moment where like, it's like, which one do I put first? Do you know what I mean? Should yeah. I put it on a badge somewhere? Or should I, you, you know what I mean? How do I approach I, this? You know? It's that kind of thing. Yeah, got, that is it. And it's that feeling. It's not, again, unless you thought
2: about it, because obviously my um this aspect, to me is out there yeah and i feel i feel that theme because obviously in education and yeah. a lot of things, i am the only black person in the room quite a lot of um circles and things that i mix but especially now moving through slt yeah. and in, in these kind of spaces i am the only one sometimes hmm. but i am it's a thing that it's very visible it's something that i don't have to go in there and say hi i am a black lady yeah. it's somebody, something that's already there so it's not spoken about as much it's just a sense of feeling and the sense that I know is already out there well then that would be a different experience to somebody walking uh, in so like you said I've
1: got that chitted, yeah um, I mean I'm, I think it's even I think sometimes I think sometimes I wonder what that would be like to have it so visible continuously yeah. and never be able to almost take it off you know what I mean yeah, it's like it's it. just there. but actually sometimes I have this moment where as somebody who, well, autistic and ADHD, quite often we mask yep. our identities. It's a whole part of the the process to try and blend yep. in to neurodiverse communities, and actually, it, it it often for me it produces this idea that I'm like, oh, I don't even know who I am today because I'm trying desperately to fit in with you all, and yep. um, that that is, uh, as anybody knows, quite exhausting. But also, okay. I find it with LGBT because like. I came out when I was like, I don't know, 13, 14. I was was protesting on carts by 16 at Section 28. So I've been part of the community for a long time. But you know, my partner happens to be a man. It's not always been like that. But that makes you even more unseen. So you end up with this moment where there's a lot of assumptions made about you. And sometimes I wonder whether that's really, you know, it, it gives you a very different, I think, experience Because I think sometimes you see that level of, of prejudice up close and personal, because assumptions are made about you when actually, you know, you you just don't know, you know, you have no idea what somebody's personal life is like, or whether they're on the neurodiverse spectrum and, or whether they are LGBT most of the time. And um, that you're right, it's that hidden diversity. And I find it quite sad. I've spoken to a lot of head teachers since I've, I've been diagnosed. And lots of yeah. them have said, I don't really want to say that I've got a diagnosis because that may be, people may view me differently. And I've thought, yeah, oh, yes. That's, that's, s- that's
2: what we want to get away from. That's yeah. The whole point. That's the whole point of why I do what I do. I want yeah. children and staff to come into work, to come into school, to come in and feel like it's a place where they can be themselves, where they can just, and, and not have to be themselves and explain it. Yeah. But be themselves naturally and and if somebody is what to understand about another culture it's part of the curriculum part of what we're looking at it's part of that it isn't all on the especially if you sometimes are the only person from on that diverse um spectrum mm. and you are walking in and it's, not, it's almost like the weight of everything relies on you and that's mm. what we want to get away from we don't want it to be that the only person on that diverse side has to be the sounding board for everything, because that's exhausting too. Mm. It, it um, That's another important message that they have in our trust. It's everybody's work, it's everybody's responsibility.
3: Yeah.
2: It isn't a, a racist incident, it isn't the person that is black or, no. or from a background or anything like that, that has to deal with the incident. It's mm. everybody's responsibility. If somebody says um, something homophobic within uh, within school. it isn't the person from the LGBT community that has to then come in and deal with that. The, um, because that becomes exhausting as well. It's really important that those messages come from everybody mm. and that everybody understands that that is important to everyone. Because that's what can sometimes happen in schools as well. But, but that that uh, protective characteristic lies, that person who has that protective characteristic Mm. and I think that's where we have to get away from it again like I said it's everybody's responsibility it's a joint thing within your school within your trust everybody has that understanding not everybody has the lived experience Mm. but that doesn't mean that it all falls on you because like we said there are many schools within um within England and around that don't have any diverse stuff so then what happens in that aspect Who's dealing with those situations? Who's exploring that for those children if they don't have anybody as a founding board? So again, that message is everybody's responsibility. Everybody is invested in it. Everybody sees it as important. And then that again, that there are those safe spaces for everybody to understand and move forward with.
1: Mm-hmm. I absolutely love this I'm gonna to go to the news but when we come back I think we're gonna have a, a bit more of a talk about this and then and then have a talk about you know what we plan to do on our summer so um, I'm just gonna to go to the news uh, and we'll come back with Azaria Williams in a second so um, stay with us
0: anything is possible
4: if you have a passion for education and a talent for teaching and learning the witherslack group want to hear from you Join them as they open an incredible new school in Essex and be a founding teacher of English, Maths, Science or Primary with multiple leadership opportunities available too. As Teachers Talk Radio partners, we know how much they care about the well-being of staff and their offer to you will be superb. To find out more and apply for a role, visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
4: Several media outlets report on a 72-hour walkout planned by staff at exam board AQA, which could affect the delivery of GCSE and A-level results. The walkout was announced by Unison in a row of pay, With the union saying staff are struggling to make ends meet because of successive below inflation pay awards. Employees set to strike include those involved in organising the awarding of grades for both GCSE and A-level exams. The three-day action will take place from Friday the 29th to Sunday the 31st of July. Unison warns that industrial action could escalate unless talks reopen. The Manchester Evening News reports on comments made by the Conservative leader on Bury Council As he launched an attack on teachers, rail workers and junior doctors who may consider striking for better pay. Russell Bernstein, opposition leader on the council said, shame on any teacher who takes strike action and suggested those who did would be ignoring their responsibilities. He criticised possible strike action at a time when children and young people had finally begun to think about having a normal school year after two years of disruption due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Labour councillors for Bury dismissed his comments as childish and out of touch. With many schools breaking up today, regional news outlets are providing parents and carers with details of activities on offer this summer. In Essex, the council is encouraging people to think outside the car and features activities which can easily be reached by bike, on foot or using public transport. In Islington, the council's heatwave summer programme Offers free, fun, educational activities for all ages, including Caribbean cooking, poetry, filmmaking, roller skating, special effects makeup, and animal care. Whilst in Stoke on Trent, the Pottery Shopping Centre is opening an indoor beach, complete with deck chairs just in time for the summer holidays. The beach is free of charge and open to anyone. A check of local council and media outlets is a good place to start for ideas this summer. From today onwards, UK degrees will be recognised as the equivalent to degrees from universities in India. The Government of India signed a memorandum of understanding with the UK government, which will allow those taking a degree in the UK to be eligible for employment in India. Those with Indian university degrees will be also treated on a par with UK degree holders and eligible for jobs in the UK too. It is hoped the arrangement will bring a much needed boost to the UK economy. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio weekend news with Joe Fox.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing
5: on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello! This week I'm going to support a question everyone will see at the start of next year. It goes something like this. Hi EduTwitter, can you reply with where you are so I can show my class how far a post on the internet can reach? With a bit of free tech, you can make this much more visual. I'm going to use Google Maps because it's free and most likely you'll have used Google Maps at some point in the past. So, when you have all your responses, sign into Google, go to Maps and click on the menu next to the search box. That's the three lines that look like a burger. From the menu, select My Places. You'll now have four options. Lists, Labeled, Visited, and Maps. Click on Maps and at the bottom select Create Map. Now you can give the map a title so you can find it next year for comparison and add all the places from your Twitter replies. Simply type the name of the place, when it appears with a blue point marker, you can click the plus sign to add it to the map and then select a colour to help it stand out. When you are finished, all the places will be saved and you can access the map by following the first few steps. Menu, My Places, Maps. There are loads of other great tools to use also. Measure the distance from your school to those places, hit preview and go into the view only mode. Here you can select a place and you're treated to a short bio and an image of the area. So next time you're looking to bring a lesson to life, why not try using maps to help pupils see where places are in the world? Do you have any top tips for mapping? Why not get in touch at TC Radio 2022? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was 2 Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your Tech Briefing on Teachers
0: Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome back. So we've been talking to Azrae Williams about um, uh, diversity, inclusion, belonging and how she's been leading it across her multi-academy trust. So we've, we've been having a brilliant conversation. So if you've got any kind of Questions or later, you've got questions. Please get in touch with us. Hashtag TT Radio. Um, And we were just talking. If I've got Azrae with me, have you? You still there? I'm still here. Excellent. So we were just talking, weren't we, about bringing that sense of belonging and hidden hidden diversity. I want to touch on that. You know how. You know how do you go about bringing you know hidden diversity to the agenda you know especially if you you know it's for us you know the obvious reasons hidden you know I found it quite powerful to be able to say and I feel like sometimes it's 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 um, really quite sad when I've gone into schools and I've been doing training or I've done things and I have found young people who said who said you know I have uh, ADHD or um, and it's been really powerful to be able to turn around and go yeah me too and actually not be a thing sometimes I feel like you know you don't see the examples and you know across the diversity but you you don't even the hidden ones you don't even see them and you don't even hear of them quite a lot of the time you know especially if you're dealing with things like um neurodiversity or lgbt you know very rarely do you you hear them and i feel like sometimes that especially with the lgbt community it can feel quite um incredible amounts of pressure on them to um step up to the mark and you can't you you um you also talked about uh, earlier about it being very a lot of pressure on one individual to lead you know if you are siloing cool. yourself into this role you know i want i want there to be you know more diversity in an open environment for people to be in and be themselves and, and be acknowledged but and i want role models but I, I don't want all of the pressure on you know the the few role models that we have you know how yeah. do you balance that Arrangement. It feels very, you know, like we we want you to be really good role models, but we don't want to exhaust you. You know, it's kind of a it's yeah. a, it's a quite hard tightrope to walk, isn't it? Yeah, very much
2: so. I think you just got to understand that different people have different experiences. So as much as there's diversity in diversity sections, mm-hmm. such as you know, the vein section, and when where you feel culturally mm-hmm. as a as a gender, mm-hmm. um, with it more diversity on the so we diversity within the exceptions, but we've also got to understand that diversity has diversity within diversity.
3: Yeah.
2: So we've got to also understand that one person's experience of the knowledge and thoughts and things on on their protective characteristic is it, it can be completely different to another person, mm. and then you've also got intersectionality. So mm. for me, obviously, like I'm a black woman. Mm. Um, So it's not just about me just being black and I'm not just a woman, That they are, it's an intersectionality. I can't go into a space and suddenly take off the fact that I'm black or take off the fact that I'm a woman. I just am a black. Which can be a very different experience to another black woman, mm. which will then be a very different experience to another black woman, mm. especially if they've got another intersectionality, if they're part of the LGBT community, or if they have a diversity, or if they've got disability. So we've got to really understand to, to, that although there is a common thread, there will, so yes, I will be um, having very similar experiences as other black women, mm. there is another layer to it and differences within that. So that's one thing that i think everybody has to understand and that comes under those assumptions and those biases that one story tells the story for all so if you get past that and don't feel as though that one person has to have the, the own and the, and the experiences and the telling and the, the the weight on their shoulders that represents every single person under their protected characteristic and you realize that i can only speak on behalf of my journey on behalf of my experiences and on behalf of my feelings around it and there will be common uh, common things that happen between that and there will be a generalization of it but i i cannot speak for all hmm. so we need to be have that real embedded understanding of that first of all the next thing like i said earlier is that that understanding that it, it is it can only really develop and change and progress and grow. If is invested in it and everybody sees the importance of it and everybody um and experience of that and thinks about that person's trauma, because if they have to deal with that day in, day in, day in, day out, it can bring that trauma for them from experiences. So mm. if, if there is somebody from the LGBT community that has to deal with everything to do with it and they've had a bad experience growing up, mm. it can really be traumatic and trigger things for them in their past. Mm. So as much as that, there's that mental health side of and and progressing and and working through diversity as well, especially as an adult because you've gone through that journey. Mm. Uh, So I think for schools, for trusts, for CEOs, for people, for colleagues, you've got to understand that weight on their shoulders, Mm. their experience, their path, their their understanding and how it can be a really big weight for them to go through if they are left to deal with everything. So it's that shared load. Yeah. You don't expect the maths in your school to deal with absolutely everything in school to do with maths. No. So why would you expect that person to deal with every single thing to do with mm-hmm. ethnic characteristics? And I think that's what people don't don't think about. It is it, it is something that's so big and so invested, and can go through policies. It can go through the, the STEM policy. It can go through your curriculum. Go through your books. It goes through the staffing. It goes through the recruitment. So VIP is huge but can really be a golden thread through the whole establishment and the whole of the trust but to really leave everything on one person's shoulders it wouldn't happen it wouldn't
1: be yeah i mean it's so um you're right it's just it's such a big broad huge area that just impacts absolutely everything so it it does seem strange that you kind of get You know, nomination of one person to deal with it, and then that's it. You know, that's how how it's left. It just, you know, it's blatantly obvious that it it cannot be, you know, one person dealing with in every single aspect or subject, and especially because, you know, I wouldn't. know i wouldn't stand there and think oh i know how to deal with this in maths because then you've got on top of that the kind of subject knowledge part of it so you know you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to you know know that i could tell you in physics you know who are some really amazing role models that we could include but i couldn't tell you you know english you know or maths. it's not my back so you know it does need to be everybody's you know um, everybody's point, point of view and everybody's input into this yeah. Um instead of being kind of like oh we've nominated you to do that part then that's yeah. that's it that's, done yeah. tick box over yeah you know and then we're, well we tick the boxes so we're totally doing the thing um, yeah. and I don't think that translates quite often to an experience with with young people that's you know actually um really beneficial you know you you, we touched on this the whole way through you know having that sense of belonging is very different than having you know the the texts there and the day there and you know talking the talk you know you feeling like you're part of the school you're part of the community your your voice is heard and that you're represented and you can see people like you is a very very different thing than you know we once a day we have you know lgbtq day and we celebrate it and it's fine <laughs> you know it's like we need you to do slightly more you know we need it more across um i want to talk a bit more about you've done stuff you you became part of the the nottingham equality action team um, and yeah. that's going on as well what kinds of work are they doing there and yeah. what do you think every school should have in their school to support the diverse journey what do you think they need
2: so um part of that team is that we are um so it's something that we started thinking about within our trust mm. so like i said earlier we we're a just 19 schools and when we first started this journey we were 19 schools doing it 19 weeks um which is great because like i said in the context of your school and your environment and your community you need to do what works for you first and then obviously add the rest of those bits in so it have that embedded approach and you're not just Throwing everything at it, nothing
3: sticks,
2: and, and then it just all goes a little bit around. Mm-hmm. But um, what I've tried to do this year was going into the schools and looking at best practice and, and how schools can help each other. And if you've not got someone with that knowledge, well, that school does. And if you've not got something, of, um, you've got a community that's new to your school, but that school's had that community for a while and have really engaged with that community, mm. go to that school and see what they've done. So it's that shared approach, that shared mm. knowledge that we're really trying to build now across our trust so that, you know, I think um, the dreaded old sound sometimes makes people think, "Oh, I've done this really well so I'm going to keep it for us so, so that we know that we're doing it really well. Well really if you're doing something really well it can only benefit people because we're doing it for the children really hmm. but if you know something's going really well in your school share it, share that knowledge so that somebody yeah. else can do it for the children in their school. So that's where we've gone within our trust. so but the um, quality Action Team is where different trusts now are joining up with key people, start to bring their knowledge and their experiences together. And what we're trying to do is build a bank of resources so mm. schools can tap to do it. Because one of the things that you were saying just a bit earlier is that knowledge. Mm. Yes, I know that there's this amazing person that does something with a specific characteristic, but I don't know enough about them. And there's also that time. Do I have enough time to really research them and know what they're doing? So one of the resources is, is we're building a bank of people, diverse people, so mm. we can tell you who they are. It's just a little short snippet, uh, we'll tell you who they are, tell you a little bit about them, tell you how you might be able to use them in the curriculum. And then obviously, you've got that first go to, like, oh, I didn't know about that person, oh, I can bring that person in and go and play away with it because sometimes there's such a vast ah, majority out there and you just become a little bit overwhelmed if it's something new for you if mm. somebody can strip that away and be like here here's the starting point for you then that's where you can start to divulge a little bit and go through these resources so we're building that and we're hoping that again um, we can launch it across in cities but it's not just open for our schools, open for all schools because again it's that best practice spirit we're not here for ourselves we're here for the children if we've got something there that we can give to everybody and get that shared knowledge and it's there then we obviously want to share it across um nottingham city so that's where we're at currently mm-hmm. there's also another side of it that i'm not part of but obviously we're we're all joined together are looking at um, the recruitment of, of more diverse Teachers into training programs and development programs, so we've got two sides running really. I'm part of the curriculum development side, yeah. and there's other people that are part of that recruitment and that diverse in that aspect, part of the, um, the part of the development. But yeah, it's going really well. We've had quite a few meetings this um, this year, and starting to really build that bank together. Obviously, it takes time because you want to do it well. You want yeah. to make sure the you are Reliable as well, that's another thing. if they're doing things and building on them, we want to make sure that if it's going out there live, you don't want people to go to a non reliable book. Yeah. So there's obviously got all
1: that background and things, but we're hoping that we'll get it up and running and launched and I mean everything. that's the that's the sort of thing that we'd love. As you know, other areas could really benefit from, from knowing about, you know, if you go and look yeah. at Nottingham a quality action team, you know, what kinds of teams have you got in your own area? Do you have you yeah. know, a working group that's the that, that works together across schools such a great example that is we've had loads of people liking and listening i'd just like to say a big shout out to we had mr clean from iowa in the us we've got luara from nigeria we've got a diverse range of listeners i'll give you that and um, so you know big shout out to them if you've got questions please ask them um and you know really i, I love that idea of having like a, a quality action team of you know teachers and leaders and professionals that work across a You know a region and come together um because you're right you know you've you've not got that diversity often in a school but you may have that diversity across schools and you know and across a region and um i think that's a really great idea to kind of bring that 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 um, knowledge together to support yeah. each other and you do find i think that they do um you do you do see it where they do something really good and then they'll think oh hold it you know i've got this bit down and honest to god it's yeah. just so much so much better to share those kinds of resources and put them out there um, and yeah. just get them out and, and and get other people to benefit from them um so, you know, that's a go look at the Nottingham Equality Action Team. Um, I'm sure Zoria can um, actually show, you know, talk to you a bit online or, or if you yeah. hashtag TT Radio, yeah. ask some questions about how that's going or how it's set up. Um, so you've you've had all these, you know, incredible key leadership. What would you say your key priorities as a leader are?
2: Um. Well, I think at the heart of it would be um, to be a uh, leader that lead by example and mm. um, I think that is a really key thing not to say something and not stand by what you say mm. and I think being authentic as well. Um, is is really important
1: as a leader. I had a um, great think... chat with um, Emma Darcy in my first show about this, about being authentic. You know about what yeah. that actually meant, and I think we we touched up on trying to get into it. You know, what does that mean when you say it? Because I was yeah. deeply confused by it being on the spectrum. I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm myself all the time. <laughs> How does this work? Do I have to be somebody else a different time? Um, yeah. And to be honest, uh, you know what we got down to in our first show was this idea of you know um that that you could be genuinely you as much as you yeah. would like to be in the circumstances Especially. that allow you <laughs> yeah 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 if you if you are gonna if you're going to be you that you're comfortable being you in certain yeah. areas but you can have boundaries if you didn't want to and that would be fine as well and that's i think that's it. it isn't it it goes back to what i was saying earlier
2: about um i used to talk about cultural work back so mm. i
3: used to talk
2: about that when i used to go to certain places and certain areas of, of school, not necessarily always in my career, mm. um, but just through life, that you culturally carry this rucksack that you have to take off and yeah. then go into a space and be this other like, person, a yeah. version of this stuff, but, but not you, so to speak. Mm. And then as you step out of the doors, you put your work back, back on and you're, like, you're more culturally culturally you or yeah. diversely you um and it's kind of going in and, and playing you end up playing a role yeah. and when you play a, it, it's like you said earlier it's exhausting it's tiring you can you can almost forget who you were yesterday who was i yesterday what yeah. did i say what, what
1: was that about me yesterday that they liked so and i that, think that's, that's um really we see that a lot obviously in yeah. diversity because we mask so we're just you know qu- quite from young yeah. ages you train this idea that that how you naturally are isn't acceptable so what you do is you just mask this continuously yeah. but obviously that leads to burnout and it's really really bad for us and then you know when you get older like i got diagnosed in adulthood then you've got to, like sit here and go right how do i stop doing this because i am so yeah. practiced in doing it that now i don't know how to not do it and, and yeah. actually you end up going through a very big process of learning how to not mask and uh, yeah. it's quite it's quite complex and i think you see it a lot in other circumstances where people you know you put on their i'd say to a friend of mine who's, who's also autistic and um, you know you put on the the thing or put on the person and it's literally like, you know, do I put on the person or not put on the person? I could do the yeah. that professional teacher look in this particular circumstances, or I could just not and just be myself in those circumstances. And I've been working yeah. very, very hard to to not do the the teacher look thing anymore yeah. because I'm so tired of doing it. And um, actually, I found that in being more authentically myself, it's been actually, it's been a nicer response and um, people generally feel like they they tend to know me a bit better which is probably true you know but i do think there is always that fear isn't there if you're going to be a bit more you you know is that going to be accepted do you feel a bit yeah. more vulnerable doing that <laughs> like, Yeah. But if anything really if you're exposing yourself i found that
2: but i had to go through that process well-being because mm. i exposed my personal tale my personal story my personal yeah. experience you've also, again, like I said, that trauma, you've got to openly want to do it, not be forced to do so. You've not got to be forced to talk about your past and not feel the though, oh, you know, can you tell me about that? What's it like seeing you? What's it like? No. What's it like? What's it like? So as well as that other person on the other side, you've got to not always feel as you've got to feed yourself because it, it, it it's draining to always offer yourself out and not get anything back. You're kind of feeling out of your pot, but you've got to fill your own pot back up as well and put those boundaries in there and, that you know that that part of me i just don't want to give today and that should be okay again that acceptance of those spaces and being able to create those spaces where you can be you but you don't have to give all of you all the time that again is quite draining good.
1: Yeah. I, I think that in itself you know you've said that you know really you know when you look at who who your dvi lead is you know and who yeah. is leading diversity you know that's a key yeah. thing to think about you know are you know are they just giving so much of themselves all the time you know is that going to be exhausting it should it be it should be you know evenly spread across you know a school so everybody can can share that particular load because it it is a whole school issue it's a it's a whole community issue not even just a whole school so you know really you do need you can't you know have it just down to one person i feel like in schools we silo a lot you know we go oh they do this and they can get on with that bit and you do this and they can get on with that bit and it's very we don't you know there's only certain things we look across whole school but this this i feel you're very right should be definitely one of those things so uh, what i want to do is before we you know we 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 start rounding up um i want to talk to you about what what do you want to do over the holidays what are you going to spend your time doing over the break you know uh it's sunday morning everybody if you're listening thank you give us a chat and give us a shout tell us what you're going to do but you know it's the everybody's tired you know everybody's on the you know as i just probably saturday sleeping because everybody was so exhausted from friday so how are you going to spend you know a bit of your holiday how are you going to enjoy it so what are you what are you spending yours on as um, a i i am um
2: definitely resting and recuperating. Um, lots of time with family and friends. Um, I've got um, my little brother just moved down to Bournemouth, I'm gonna go and spend some time with him down there. Nice. So uh, yeah, just just really relaxing and re energising my bachelor's, so to speak. Because like I said in in the different roles that I, I have, you do yourself a lot you're always fast paced and always on the go always thinking always moving always doing something yeah. so to be able to to have my time i think you're scheduled in school so much by time. You, time. You time you have to be here at a certain time you have to do this by a certain date here's this deadline here's that deadline so just to be have to have control of my own time mm. i think is another thing that i i really love that i can get up when i want to i can choose to do this if i want to i can mm. go here if i want to and i've got um a, Maybe thirteen year old son so kind of him before too old doesn't
1: want to spend time with his and dad anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got a seventeen a good year good. old that barely wants to spend any time whatsoever yeah. with me. I'm telling you it's coming. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think you you also you have that thing at the end of summer, don't you, where physically you've just got to kind of like that's decompress. That's <laughs> like we we do it every year, don't you? You work yourself into the ground and then you get to the end and your body's just like, Oh, I've had enough now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the I can get. Is what I'm planning for. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm hoping that everybody out there is kind of like planning to get some some rest and some time. But you know, during yeah. that time, if you if you you when you start coming back to looking at those curriculums, what would your advice be to, to anybody listening about you know if they're looking at how they're going to develop the curriculum? Um, and yeah. How could they include more diversity in it? You know, when they do come back. You know or things that they could do that would benefit them just over the summer that is is a bit more you know light-hearted kind of looks at how they could improve diversity okay well
2: what i would say is there's so many things now out there online hmm. like i said you've got a new chapter book which you can get in touch with think about what new diverse books you can bring in yeah. you've got diverse- Head, who's run by Hannah and Benny, who are absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I've been so lucky to have connected with those two over the past few years. Their website has a range of resources, a range of links, a range of podcasts. You can go to, blogs. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's important to understand that this work is not something you can just stand by. You've got mm-hmm. to really be an upstander. You can't just say, okay, I get with a problem and leave it there. It takes active work in it. So, as much as you can look at podcasts, you can read things, you can make suggestions. Go back in and look personally, first of all, at your class. Look just the classroom teacher, and you feel okay. Like, hey, I'm not SLT, I'm not. I'm not someone that makes those larger grand scale decisions. Look at what's in your classroom. When you go back into your classroom, is there diversity around on your walls? The books that you're bringing in, the books that are on your shelves, are they diverse enough? Mm. The people that you're studying, the topics that you're going back to, over the summer have a look and think, oh okay, they're all white males.
3: Mm.
2: Let me see if there's some other people that I can actually start to input and look at just before we even go back, because those small touches will make a huge difference to those children when you go back. So there's always something you can be doing, but just actively going out there, instead of saying, OK, yes, we're not diverse, and then going back and doing the same thing again, what mm. can you do now with small changes that will make a little bit of a difference? And then the next thing i say is talk, talk, let and can say, OK, I've got this suggestion, I've got that idea. Have that active response to things that you're in experience and understanding. And my Twitter is chocolate eighty five. If you want to take in touch with me and get some ideas, I'm really
1: into that as well. I'll yeah. help anyone. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know if you if you want some um some input on diversity, Azare is just so experienced in this area. And and talking to her about how um she's you know really. Uh, took leadership to spread it across the trust itself is 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 just phenomenal work in so many schools and it just there's loads of kind of little things that are in there you know that we talked about today you know just you know having those right books and and having access to the you know good resources and and, you know setting up groups within your school having people at the table but also being able to you know include them in the conversation and let them have place starting with those yeah celebrations i get it but you know then having it embedded throughout you know your school curriculum you know across that year and i think there's there's a lot there that we can probably get from it you know each subject looking at the exact curriculum and thinking you know how have we included you know a diverse range of examples here how have we included yeah. a diverse range of speakers visitors you know uh, examples you know even down to just you know what kinds of videos are we showing on a regular basis yeah i think all of those kinds of threads just pull together to to then make a school that's more inclusive um you know i just want to touch last before we start rounding up on you know how do you include pupils in that you know the pupils themselves you know do you have um you know diversity groups that are student-led within your school do you have you know young people having their say on that um each school's
2: different so
1: some of our schools
2: have trans- like ambassadors that have mm. done that. Mm-hmm. Some children are in charge of people voice, mm. that they, they have, like, so we've got school council, that are very involved in that. Mm. We also have um, people parliament, so mm, that's in like the that. level, but they all have a voice in too. So there's different aspects that you can do, and the thing is, what I'd say is, don't do something that, that's completely different to your school. If you've got already school council members, how can you embed that in their role? Because they're the children that go into and and are thought of as as like leaders within your school,
3: Mm. but also
2: are your school counsellors diverse? Mm. Are they are they going into them and thinking about that? So the different leaders that you have, you could have science um, ambassadors in your school that are then looking at the science curriculum with the science lead, and Mm. then they're going around and saying, "Oh, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this?" The art and art ambassadors are they going and saying, "Actually, in art." We only study these people. Mm. So can we go, this? my mum's an artist, can we get my mum to come in who's done aboriginal art in. Mm. She of that. can she come in and go in and thinking about that? So really it's about, first of all, what's already at your school that you can start to make those tweaks, those changes, those little things that are really going to make such a huge impact in your school before you go in and say, right, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to do that. Mm. Think about some key things that you really want to change is going to have the best impact and do that well and then think about okay so now that's embedded now that's moving along now we've got people voice now we've got the school council now we've got this really embedded how can we then embrace and really broaden that aspect but I think some people went in first of all and go, okay, we need to do this, 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 this and this. And it broke down because it's too much, too soon, too early. Hmm. But I would say really think about what are the key things that are going to make a huge difference in your school and then build on from there. them.
1: I think that's, that's probably a really great one to think about because I think... Um, quite often I feel like, you, you know, you only go as far as, you know, the your community's involvement. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to try and, you know, you the the culture in the community school, if you go in and kind of go, oh, well, we're going to do this and you need to, you know, go review books and go do this, it becomes very much, as I said, like a tick box area. Whilst yeah. actually, if you go in and think, right, what are the communities within my school? You know, yeah. how can I get involved in those communities and how we can yeah. build the kind of Diversity and inclusion and belonging within the communities that exist. Yeah, um, I think that 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 helps, you know, actually further and embed it instead of you know just going in with the kind of like, oh, well, we don't have this here, so we'll just add it. You know, I yeah. think sometimes you've got to go to the grassroots, haven't you, to kind of actually yeah. get the work done. You know, it it's not it's not going to happen just by like, oh, we we added just a board. It, it needs to be kind of like, yeah. right, well, where are all these? You know, where are all the diverse kids, you know, and diverse young people? Where are all, where are they hanging out? You know, what kinds of things are they involved in? You know, what kinds yeah. of things are our community involved in? And I think going to those communities themselves and, you know, being like, I want more, you know, diversity, inclusion and belonging in our, our schools. You know, how would I go about that? sometimes speaking to the people, you know, at the grassroots is probably the best thing to do to start. I think that's with every community group, you know, and every kind of thing that you can do in schools. Um, Because quite often, I think we don't, you know, a lot of these things happen top down, don't they? Very much. Do you feel like that, that Sometimes that's a good start. I mean, I wonder whether that is or isn't, because, you know, in certain communities, obviously that you have, it might be a good thing that it comes down top down where we go, oh, we need, you know, um, DEIB in because actually there's not enough full stop. But in other areas, I think sometimes there's a bustling diverse community just underneath leadership. That yeah. you know that actually could contribute a lot more that isn't given that opportunity there. So I think it's kind of a yeah. double edged sword, that isn't it? Sometimes it is. it's it good because you could just you know have it in communities that haven't got it at all um, yeah. because it becomes a school priority. But in other areas, I think that you you know sometimes you can miss whole communities of people that that are there, you know that can have an input into your school and how the curriculum looks and how it's how it's set up. Um, do you feel like that that's yet again it feels like that hidden non-hidden problem it's like there's a slight pull push with it isn't there
2: yeah definitely i think it's like i said it's important to look at the context of your school already Mm. and what you're already engaged with if you're not engaged with anything then that's when you've got to take a step back and if you're not engaged with anything i think that's when you need to go to the top and just say okay we're not engaged with anything We, we really need a whole approach mm. on this to mm. be able to make sure that we're making some kind of edgeways we're making some kind of ripples and making that really have a difference mm. So if there's already something there i think it's more about really embedding it and making those links stronger and making those links really clear mm. because what you can sometimes have is a model that you can then remodel mm. if something's worked well somewhere else within that how can we tweak and remodel that to make sure that we are looking at it in a new diverse aspect because sometimes that model really works and there's been something that you've done that been, right we've really engaged with this. this has really worked well mm. let's just remodel that to be able to see how we can engage it which is why it's really important like i said to understand that each school is different and you need to really work on the needs and the support and the the areas and the community that you've already got and where your starting point is Because there can't be a one-size-fits-all, and there really isn't that end goal. Mm. And you've got to realize that it's long, it's longevity, it's long living, it's always ever growing. And if you think, okay, well we've started this in September, next September we'll have this, we'll have this, we'll have this, we'll have this. this," I think you're already starting on the wrong goal because Mm. you're you're putting that expectation on there rather than really looking at the needs of the school, the community that you serve, and what needs to happen in that context. So each school is different, each leadership is different, each style is different, each ethos is different. Hmm. So you've
1: really got to take that on a school by school basis. Yeah, yeah. So, the, you know, looking at the communities you serve and seeing what's in those communities themselves, you know, who is there, yeah. whose expertise you can And then lean obviously upon.
2: what's missing as well, so you're giving that broad aspect to the children so that they say, if they've not seen something, how can we get them to see it mm, so mm. that they're not also it's not just a closed thing? It's okay, I'm also broadening your understanding of culture, of the world, of different of people, mm. so that you can see what we've got, but also see there's more out there to be that, those respectful, really open young people that we want them to be.
1: Mm, mm. Yeah, because at the, at the core of this, you're right, you know, a good place to start rounding up is yeah. that that you, know, you want well rounded wonderful young people who have, you know, diverse, interesting backgrounds or experience of, you know, diverse yeah. cultures. Um and you, you know, you want that because they're going to go out into the wider world that is diverse. Yeah. You know, so, you know, making sure that they've got those kind of experiences to draw upon and an understanding of different cultures, you know, is 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 pretty key. Um, because if they do you know if they if they go to other areas of the country, they might find that that is the predominant culture, you know or all yeah. the predominant um you know expectations of that you know it's 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 me like we were speaking earlier, you know trying to justify guy Fawkes like to a whole bunch of people who's yeah. like, no, we've got no idea what this is, you know, I think you know embracing different cultures and embracing that level of diversity is, is truly important because it does set you up for that kind of global world you know attitude and vision doesn't it you know it helps in the long run um right. and, and actually you gain you know your kids can gain so much from that in, in you know that kind of global uh, experience um and so much from the diversity of that and so much from the 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 positive kind of connotations that has in their life. And um, I think we don't, you're right, we, we really need to have more of it across our schools and in its entirety, don't we? Um, yeah. I, I, I think you know over it and and just maybe think about whilst you're enjoying your kind of like bit of a break where you're chilling out you know think about how you maybe might do that you know across your school when you get back I guess isn't it you know whilst you're hopefully sitting in your garden having a nice you know cocktail or I'm hoping that some of you have managed to escape you know if you've managed to get out of the airports to see kind of other places other cultures you know how you know how can you bring some of that diversity you know back with you you know where, yeah. where where can you give those examples of it you know i think um I, I said to you you know i was i was really lucky i got to live abroad for 10 years so for me coming back to british culture i think was the shock <laughs> i think it wasn't it wasn't being abroad that was hard i got used to that pretty quick it was coming back that i think was harder because it was just i found it you know we we've got quite a rigid culture in britain i think sometimes you know and it's it's um it's, it's more, much more formal than most countries. If you start living in different ones, um, they're, they're far more relaxed, you know, in other countries. We're quite, um, very hard working, but can be quite um, structured in our, yeah. how we are, I think, as, as, as people in Britain themselves. I um, mean, yeah. we, we just have quite, I don't know, um, I'd probably say sometimes a bit rigid views um, about, you know, what's expected. I think when I, was, when I was living abroad, it was far, far, far different. You know, there were, there were far more diverse examples of, you know, what kinds of things you, you would expect to see and what kinds of culture to expect to see. And, and I was the, you know, the very unusual one in my culture, you know, for certain things like, well, why would you do that? You know, my daughter's Icelandic as, as most of us know. And, um, you know, there was no word for thank you in Iceland for hundreds of thousands of years. <laughs> There's not they've only recently they've sort of got of word and damn it's pack myth. But you know, for a long time nobody nobody did thank you. And actually if you ask for something, so if you ask for something in Icelandic, um you say can you go get me that. There's no please in there often because it's implied. Yeah. So it's implied that you're thankful that they've gone to get it and thankful that you're taking it off you. So to us it can seem really abrupt when you when you hear it in English. It's like Get me that coffee. And you're like, wow, you've got no manners. <laughs> you know, but yeah. but to to them it's like, but well, why would I add these extra words? Because it's already yeah. implied. And I was like, okay, this is very confusing. And my daughter, now being back, she's she's Icelandic English and she's just adapted some of these. And I'm finding it really hard for me to go, Aurora, like, where's your thank you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like and it's like, she's just like, oh, we don't kind of use it but to to them that's perfectly natural and normal to me it's like oh i can't cope with a child with no manners <laughs> so it's just such a cultural difference but in a weird sort of way to her that's like well i've asked you so because we have asked you it's implied that you are yeah. uh, nice enough to help me and i'm i'm grateful that you are so we don't really often use those <laughs> words yeah so it's just little tiny things like that but then when you exemplify them off across an entire cultural system suddenly you realize how confusing that can be isn't it and how um how how important it is to have diverse examples across the curriculum that you can understand
5: you know and that you can
1: have Mm. thank you um so i i'd just like to to thank you for coming on and um you know, please, um, um, please, if you've got anything to say to Azare. It's a,
3: it's
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you've got anything, then you you can find her. Uh, you'll find her under the the hashtag for TT Radio. I'm sure you're more than willing to to give a chat to people across the summer holidays. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So give it, give her a shout out, and just you know, if you've got kind of input that you want to give, and to everybody yeah. uh, calling yeah. in, thank yeah. you so much. But thank you so much, Azare. Thank you for having me. No, very <laughs> no worries whatsoever. Hopefully, we're, you know you can um, we can get you on on um, record afterwards, so you can share that and, and send it out to people. And if anybody's listening on playback, then yes, please get in touch. Anyway, you know where you can find us uh, either on the Podbeam app, uh, you can download, or you can follow teach Talk Radio uh, hashtag TT Radio or the handle TT Radio twenty. 22 i think it is at the moment the hashtag but you can also follow us at at, at k81 or you can find Azare at what was your twitter handle azaray it's brilliant uh, this, isn't
2: 85.
1: it Eighty five. yeah so give me that again eighty
2: five.
1: yes chockpud85 is that like chocolate pudding because i love this yeah. idea um, from my mom when I was a little girl <laughs> <laughs> I love it I absolutely love it so you can get in touch with Azaria on Choc Pud 89 so yeah if you like chocolate pudding oh my yeah I do too so to be honest <laughs> uh, I i i this is why I was like the whole way through the show I'm like oh, I've got to get Azaria's name right because like actually I know her as Choc Pud <laughs> so it's been it's been quite a challenge so yeah if you want to get in touch please get in touch and and thank you for listening um and i'm hoping that all of you all have a nice weekend thanks very much Azare.
2: thank you bye
0: you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time